Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is April 18th. Today we are going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog. And after what we've already talked about, the Savior's going to give a parable that we're pretty familiar with. It's the parable of the shepherd who leaves the 90 and 9 to go find his one sheep. Now we're not going to talk too much about this parable today because this parable is better and we see a more fuller picture of it later in Luke and we'll get to that in a few weeks. But there is one verse in here that I absolutely adore and I want to talk a little bit about it today. It's interesting, this verse tends to be a little bit overlooked, but it's so incredibly powerful. Verse 11 of chapter 18 says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful purpose. Come to save that which is lost. Come to find that which is lost. I want you to think, have you ever been lost? Have you ever lost something or someone that you love? What does that feel like? In my in-laws family, there's a story about my nephew who was a couple blocks from home and felt like he was lost. And so he pried the rubber part off of his handlebar to get water out of his handlebars because he thought he'd never be home and never be able to drink again. That's kind of our funny story of being lost. But a couple summers ago, we had an experience with losing my son that has completely changed me and changed how I see the Savior being the God of lost things. A couple of years ago, we were at a lake in northern Utah, southern Idaho called Bear Lake, and we were on a particular beach that was just absolutely packed. Now, my son had his life jacket on, but he had kind of been swapping life jackets during the day, so I didn't quite know which life jacket he had on at the time. But he had been out on the lake with his cousin, and they had just kind of been playing around a little bit. And to be honest, I wasn't concerned. He was with his cousin. He was wearing a life jacket. I wasn't super nervous about it. I was on the beach talking, laughing, socializing with my siblings. And then I looked over and I saw my nephew there playing in the sand without my son. And panic started to set in. You know that feeling that you get in your stomach when you start to get a little bit scared or a little bit nervous? That started to set in a little bit. And so I asked my nephew, I'm like, have you seen Michael? Do you know where he is? And he didn't. Last he saw Michael, he was in the lake. And so we're looking all over the lake. We are not seeing him anywhere. And on the shore of the lake, I'm seeing one of the life jackets that my son had been wearing that day. And I didn't know if he had just removed his life jacket altogether or if he was in the other life jacket. And so, as you can imagine, panic just set in and we searched and we searched and we couldn't find him. We went out on boats into the lake to see if we could find him there. He was just missing on this crowded, crowded beach. Now, my family, of course, all snapped to action. Everyone fanned out. Everyone searched. Everyone did everything that they could. But looking back on it, there's something I would have done differently. I would have gone to the people on each side of me and I would have said, I'm missing my little boy. I would have described him. I would have explained what he was wearing. I would have said that he wore glasses. And then I would have asked them to pass that along, to look around their beach and to pass it down and have the next group of people to look around their beach for a boy that fit that description and then pass it down. Had we done that, I think word would have gotten out quickly and we would have found my son very, very quickly. Instead, it was about 30 minutes of absolute terror and sheer panic. But if we would have enlisted the help of everyone on that beach to just look where they were, then I think that we would have found him quickly. 
Now, as my husband and I have reflected on that situation and that scenario over and over again, we've said many times how similar our situation was, must be to how our Heavenly Father feels. He sent us to earth knowing that it would be difficult, knowing that there would be struggles and trials, knowing that there would be temptations, and that at some point or another, each of us, to some degree, would be lost. But what I love is the analogy of enlisting everyone to search where they stand. And I feel like that is one of the beautiful things about the gospel of Jesus Christ, is it gives us an avenue to search where we stand, to reach out to those who may be struggling, to those who may be lost, and to help bring our Heavenly Father's children back home to Him. Isn't that the purpose of ministering? And I don't necessarily mean ministering in the, I have an assignment and I'm going to do this sort of way. I mean ministering in the reaching out with love to all of God's children sort of way. Sister Bingham once said, After all is said and done, true ministering is accomplished one by one, with love as the motivation. The value and merit and wonder of sincere ministering is that it truly changes lives. When our hearts are open and willing to love and include, encourage and comfort, the power of our ministering will be irresistible. With love as the motivation, miracles will happen, and we will find ways to bring our missing sisters and brothers into the all-inclusive embrace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friends, I love this scripture here in Matthew. The Son of Man has come to save that which is lost, because it reminds me that Jesus Christ is a God to the lost. I have had times in my life where I have felt him reaching after me as I tried to wander. He seeks after the lost, and whether you're lost or those you love are lost, we can trust that he is a God of the lost and that he is continually seeking after the lost. One of my favorite hymns is a hymn that we actually don't sing very often because it's a hymn specifically written for the brethren to sing. It's the hymn called Brightly Beams Our Father's Mercy. And before I read the lyrics of this hymn, I want to explain what this hymn is talking about. It's talking about the Father's mercy beaming brightly like a lighthouse on a shore, calling out to boats and trying to gather the boats. But then it talks about the lower lights. And what's interesting is oftentimes these lighthouses would, yes, beam from above, but they would have lower lights all along the shore, spread out evenly along the shore, so that the sailors would know how to safely get to the shore. It would guide them in once they got a little bit closer. And both were important for the safety and the safe return of the sailors. In this hymn, it talks about our Father in Heaven being that lighthouse, being that bright beam to guide his children home. But it talks about the importance of us being the lower lights to help bring people safely back to God. The hymn says, Brightly beams our Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore, but to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman you may rescue, you may save. Dark the night of sin has settled. Loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen you may rescue, you may save. Trim your feeble lamp, my brother, some poor sailor, tempest-tossed, trying now to make the harbor, in the darkness may be lost. 
Let the lower lights be burning, send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. My friends, the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that our Father in heaven invites us to be part of the gospel of Jesus Christ and part of his plan to bring all his children back to him. And the beautiful thing about that, just like the friends who brought their paralyzed friend to the Savior, as we bring people closer to God, we ourselves draw near to him as well. One of my favorite phrases is that our Father in heaven can best perfect us by working through us and not on us, by inviting us to be part of this work, by inviting us to seek out those who are lost. He's inviting us to draw nearer to him and to have our hearts changed as we not only believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we live it in its truest, purest form. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.